gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Mijn naam is Gerald Garrett. Heute is de 3 October. What I said to you guys was, obviously my name is Gerald Garrett, and today is October the 3rd. And we are now officially into October, but before I get into everything, this is my Two Cents podcast hosted by G2, and I am him, and he is I. And before I get into any of the topics of the week, I want to get into National Food Days of the Week, and today being October 3rd, Today is Soft Taco Day. Tomorrow, October 4th, is Taco Day. October 5th will be Apple Betty Day and Rocky Mountain Oyster Day. October 6th will be Noodle Day. October 7th, Frappe Day. October 8th, Fluffer Nutter Day. And October 9th, Moldy Cheese Day, Pizza and Beer Day, and also Hoagie Day. And with that out of the way, I want to ask you guys, how have you guys been since... Uh, you guys last heard from me on the Sunday topics. If you listened to me yesterday, you guys know that I talked about professional wrestling. But I didn't ask you guys how you guys were, so I'm going to ask you guys now. I hope you guys uh, had a great week. I hope you guys were able to accomplish what you guys want to accomplish. But if not, have no fear. We are now into a new week, and you will be able to accomplish what you didn't accomplish last week. And you will be able to perform amazing feats that... You might not think you can perform, but trust me, you can. You got this. And uh, I just want to start off with being grateful for things. Again, I'm grateful to be uh, here uh, breathing and talking to you as I am right now. I want to be grateful for being able to be around my family that loves me so much and I love them as much. I want to be grateful for um, being in my last semester of college, God willing. And uh, everything else so far. But other than that, uh, let me quit with all the mushy stuff. Uh, let me just get on with the topics. The first topic I want to get with is an update on the Alex Murdoch uh, case. If you don't know who Alex Murdoch is, Alex Murdoch was, was a uh, lawyer down in South Carolina. His family had a whole backstory of nothing but lawyers uh, being lawyers, and so they had a dynasty, quote-unquote, in a certain area of South Carolina, and this lawyer tried to kill himself. He hired a hitman to kill him. He didn't, the hitman did not kill him, and now the hitman has to face trial for attempted murder on the man, and Alex Murdoch has to face some type of trial for uh, racketeering, not racketeering, but I believe, like, money laundering from out of his own lawyer fee, lawyer business. Almost the same thing Tom Girardi did, but he did it on a much well, smaller scale because we're in South Carolina. Um, it's weird because I don't understand how you steal from your own uh, business. I don't understand that and try to finance yourself. I would think that if you have a good business, you'll be able to make money and you live within your meanings. But then again, certain people want to live like the Joneses and uh, try to live beyond their means. But anyway. Uh, I want to update you guys on because his son did die uh, this, I believe, this year. But his son was awaiting trial for a boat boating accident that happened in 2019 that left one uh, female pass. And it's been reported now that the father, Alex uh, Murdoch, was um, trying to basically have somebody else take the blame for that fatal boat crash, and this is coming from LegalReader.com. According to NBC News, Murdoch's son was involved in the crash. However, Murdoch allegedly tried to manipulate or coerce other people into believing that the passenger, Connor Cook, was responsible. In his own lawsuit, Cook claims that Murdoch and his associates were orchestrating a campaign to hold him criminally and civilly responsible for the boat accident, though inadequate investigation a whisper campaign in the Hampton County community and law enforcement misdirection and possible obstruction of the investigation. 
Cook says NBC News is seeking a jury trial and unspecified compensation for severe injuries and damages for which he sought medical treatment and continues to suffer today. NBC News recounts how six young people, including Murdoch's son Paul and Cook, were on a boat owned by Alex when it slammed into a piling below a bridge. Paul Murdoch was believed to be operating the boat. After impact, a 19-year-old girl was flung off the boat and later died. All the passengers says NBC News were grossly intoxicated despite being under the legal drinking age. The family of the deceased girl has since filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the Murdoch family and the liquor store believed to have sold alcohol to the group. Again, this doesn't shock me at all. When you have a dynasty, when you have a legacy of uh, such high value in a certain part of town or even in the part of the world, if your legacy is built up so well, you can easily make a campaign to try to see that, okay, this person didn't do it, that person did it. You can easily try to flip this into your own uh, best case scenario for you. And that's exactly what Alex Murdoch tried to do for his son. And, well, now his son is dead. And now the person that was in the boat with his son is now trying to sue Murdoch for trying to slander his name and try to make him uh, be responsible for that boating incident. Again, we have choices in this world, ladies and gentlemen. And as a parent, I'm not one, but I feel like whenever I have to deal with certain incidents uh, with my siblings or if my people around me try to call me for something, I feel like a real elder statesman whenever I have to try to figure something out. But getting to the point, Alex Murdoch tried to look out for his son, but he put somebody else's kid in danger at the same time for this. I wouldn't know how to feel. I'm just going to be real with you. I know we as humans are always going to say, no, I would never do that if it's our kid. Well, our kid was dead. And then you'd be like, okay, I would never cover up for my kid. I would never try to. But then if the, sh- but then if you have to f- be in the shoes of that particular parent that actually had the kid do something wrong and you have the money or you have the legacy behind you to try to cover it up, would you cover it? That's a thing. You don't know if you would. You love your kids so much. You have this uh, special bond with your kid because you and your you and a partner made this kid. And now, you know, that's a little part of you and a little part of that other person in this one living human being that now has their own mind and body. And it's weird to say that you wouldn't because a lot of people might say, yeah, I will probably do the same thing what Alex did. So I can't. I can't really hate on, I can't hate on this. I really can't. I know people are going to say, Joe, that's not cool. Everybody, I understand, but he is a parent. You got to look at it from both directions. The parent of the ones that are dead and the parent of the ones that is living and probably caused the accident and probably has all this money backing behind him. Because again, the Murdoch family did have a dynasty because his father was a lawyer and I believe his father's father was a lawyer and so he's the third generation of lawyers in this one community so you have all this money reputation around you you have the legacy behind you you can easily get away with certain things with that a regular civilian couldn't get away with without all the money and pomp and circumstance behind them so alex did what rich people are supposed to do and i know that's weird but look at Lori lachlan she bought her kid into college let's be honest how many how many celebrities kids are in college that got paid to be brought in there think about it seriously Lori lachlan and all those other people they got caught out imagine the ones before them and the ones that's going to happen after them because Lori lachlan just got caught yeah cool but she only spent what not that much time in jail like that And she's out right now. She's about to be playing back on her role on Hallmark television. So, I mean, she just suffered a little bit of scrutiny, but she's back to being back on her Hallmark stuff. They just call a spade a spade. She got a slap on the wrist. And as somebody with fame and money and recognition, that's exactly what's going to happen. And Alex, he just got a slap on the wrist for that. And uh, we as society, we need to, I don't think we can kill him like that. I don't think we could kill him like that. I really don't. 
that's just my own personal opinion. He's doing exactly what a parent with money and all that type of stuff would do for their kids. So I don't know what you guys wanted from that from me, but I'm just going to tell you my honest opinion about it. I can't, I can't really get mad at him. He did what he was supposed to do to try to protect his kid. So yeah, Alex, uh, Murdoch protected his kid and he tried to blame another kid for it. That was in the boat. I know it's wrong to try to blame somebody else, but to protect your own kid, we've seen it in movies. We've seen it in, uh, television, but this happened to be real life and somebody's coming out to talk about it. And just imagine if you were Alex Murdoch's, if you were Alex Murdoch, would you do it? Would you cover up your kid's uh, crime and try to put it on somebody else? Would you? I I don't know. I mean, I don't know what I would do. I'm just saying I can't be mad at Alex Murdoch. I can't be because if I was in his predicament, I don't know what I would do. I just know that on the outside looking in, it's a horrible thing that happened. Let's not get it twisted. It's horrible. But when you're all, but when you're faced with that at your doorstep, what do you do? Do you turn your kid into the feds for this, or do you try to cover it up? I don't know. You guys uh, be the judge of that. Talk with that between yourself and your family members and uh, your associates that you go to school with or you're at a job with. Ask them if your kid were to commit murder, would you uh, cover for them if you had the money and power and everything to make it go away and try to blame it on somebody else, would you? Just ask them that. And you might be shocked by what they tell you. Some people might say yes, some people might say no. But I'm guaranteeing you're probably going to get a whole lot of more yeses than you will know. And that's it for that topic. And now on to the next topic. This topic comes from New York Times, and I'm not even really going to read it like that. It's basically talking about New York City's uh, vaccine mandate came into full effect on Monday, this past Monday that just happened, and it was talking about doctors and nurses. Um, Doc, if you don't know, because I didn't know until my mother brought it up to me again, uh, doctors and nurses had to be vaccinated by this following Monday, at least with one shot to at least continue about their job. And if they didn't, they would be asked to leave the premises and all that good stuff. And apparently from New York's... Uh, Times, as it reads, as the vaccine mandate went into full effect on Monday, 92% of the state's more than 650,000 hospital and nursing home workers had received at least one vaccine dose. State officials said that was significantly, that was a significant increase from a week ago when 82% of the state's nursing home workers and at least 84% of the hospital workers had received at least one dose. The jump in vaccinations in the days before the deadline gave New York one of the highest rates of vaccination among healthcare workers nationally. It was also a positive sign that President Biden's planned federal vaccination mandate for most healthcare workers might burrow rates nationwide. I'm thinking they just might say he's trying to go up, uh, like bring the rate up more on nationwide. At the same time, at least eight lawsuits and several angry protests against mandates in New York served as a reminder that thousands of healthcare workers would likely resign or choose to be fired rather than get vaccinated. Now, as that being said, I don't know what to think about this because we're supposed to have free of choice, but you're working in a office or a job that requires you to work with people every single day and we got the vaccine out here and now it's being forced upon people. Let me just stop right here. Let's go back a year ago, right? 2020, early 2020, about March, because that's when everything started going downhill because that's when everything got locked down city. Who was still working during this time? You had uh, hospital workers, you had people working in grocery stores, and you had, I believe, if anything, still, I believe, trash people, I believe. But I know for a fact you still had uh, retail workers out there and you still had the hospital workers out there. Now, I don't know how it is for people working in retail as in like groceries and clothing and all those type of stores. I don't know how it is. Are they supposed to are they mandated to get the vaccine by a certain day or they still can just do it freely of their choice? I don't know. But New York, they ain't trying to have that. They try to make sure everybody gets vaccinated because they are the city, they are the capital, they are America, technically, because that's the situation. 
when anybody thinks of New York, not New York, but of America, you think of New York City, because that's exactly where a whole lot of tourists would like to be at. But getting along to the point here, how can we mandate doctors to get a vaccine? There are certain doctors that get the vaccine, and there are certain doctors that won't get it. Now, well, a doctor is going to tell somebody else not to get a vaccine? No, nah, I believe that's whenever we got a problem there. I believe when if a doctor sees your chart and sees that you probably got some uh, health problems yourself, and they probably going to tell you, okay, this is what the vaccine is, and this and that. And if you act as a, a person going to a doctor, you ask them, okay, what's in the vaccine? And they start reading you off certain ingredients that might have some interaction with your body. Then I believe that's when you and your doctor at that specific moment to really make that, uh, have that talk. And that's whenever you should ask the doctor in your professional opinion, do you think I should get the vaccine? And if you're asking him in his own professional opinion, then guess what? It's his professional opinion. And opinion is the only thing that you can go off of. You can go off everybody else's opinion, but guess what? You have the choice to make yourself whether you get the vaccine or not. And for New York City to really make their doctors and nurses to go get the vaccine, even though some of them don't believe in the vaccine like that, they're not, they're going to still get the vaccine, give the vaccine to somebody else that asks for it. I don't think that people not getting it are going to say, no, don't get it. Don't do this. Don't do that. I believe that a doctor is going to still give somebody the vaccine, even if they don't believe in it, they're going to give them the vaccine because they asked for the vaccine. But if you happen to ask a doctor about their professional opinion about the vaccine and they happen to tell you, you can't get mad at the doctor because you are asking them of their opinion of that. But again, it feels like I'm varying off the topic, but I'm not. It's all like, it's all coincide with one another. A doctor worked at the beginning of the pandemic and has been working constantly an overdose, an overdose. And they'd be constantly going in and coming out and going in and coming out and going in and coming out. I mean, I remember last year, towards the end of it, I mean, a whole lot of people were just catching the uh, COVID. I mean, just catching it and catching it around holiday time. Matter of fact, around this time right now, a lot of people were catching COVID. And I mean, just dropping like flies, people losing loved ones. I mean, just left and right. So everything had to come uh, together and try to figure out, okay, do we tell them to get the vaccine? Do we not tell them to get the vaccine on such and such? So you now telling people, hey, you guys that have been working on the front line since the beginning of this whole pandemic, you guys now have to get the vaccine. No ifs, ands, or but. You guys got to get it. Now, I don't know how I will feel. Matter of fact, I do know. I'll be pissed off personally if I was a doctor. I'm not going to front. I'll be pissed off because you're trying to tell me that I got to get something whenever I don't want to get it. And it's because, well, I'm a doctor. I know certain things about my body that da 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 Certain doctors are like that. Certain doctors don't believe in the vaccine, but they'll still give it to somebody else, even though they don't believe it. Because that's just what a doctor is supposed to do. They do what's best for their patient. If their patient wants it, they'll do it. But they were going to tell their patient, hey, this is going to happen. This is the type of side effects. And da 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 that's what a doctor is supposed to do. And that's what a whole lot of doctors do do. So for a business, because a hospital is a business, for a business to tell their workers that they need more than anything, doctors and nurses, that, hey, yo, you guys are going to have to take that vaccine. You guys are going to have to take it because if not, you guys will get fired. How? How's that right? How is it? You got doctors that will agree to take the vaccine without even having them being forced to take it. And then you got some that won't take it because, well, no, they're not cool with it. I just don't see how that's right. They've been here on the front line since the beginning. And at the beginning, there was no vaccine for this. There was nothing. You still had doctors fighting battles with people dying every day. They saw death in their face literally every day. They saw people lose their last final breaths. They saw them losing consciousness in front of their face every single day. And now you're putting this upon top of this saying, Ayo, get the vaccine or you are out of here. I don't, I'm, I'm just not rolling. I'm not rolling with that. 
I mean, you can tell them, hey, I we would like for you to take the vaccine. And that's a gentler, most nicer massaging into the point that you would get because you're massaging them through it. If you use light term words, if you use polite, gentle words, you will get a better reaction. You will get people might still say, nah, I'm not cool with it. But you're at least going to have them thinking about it at the back of their head of, okay, maybe I might get the vaccine, maybe not. But once you start putting the foot down like, hey, yo, get the vaccine or you're out of here, there's only two ways somebody's going to do it. The one, they're going to do it and they're going to resent that office. Or the two, they're going to say, screw this office, I'm out of here. You guys going to have to figure this stuff out yourself. And I believe that a whole lot of people are going to do that still, even though they only got the one vaccine shot. Because remember, you still got to wait 14 days, two weeks, unless they shorten that time period down now for to get the second one. Um, It just doesn't make sense to me yet again. I can't see why a business would try to tell their workers, especially of this magnitude, like doctors, AOU are required to do it. It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. It won't make sense to me. I personally will have a problem with it because, as I said before, we were on the front lines. We saw people dying in our face. We saw people couldn't be with their loved ones. We saw people on the outside just trying to communicate with their loved ones in nursing homes. We saw people take, be allowed only like one person in a hotel, in a uh, not a hotel, but a hospital room with their uh, loved one in the hospital room, not have a whole family gathering inside a hospital room. Yeah, that's cool, fine, whatever. A doctor and nurses have seen that. They have to see that, and they have to carry that literally every day seeing somebody almost dying in front of their face or literally at death's door, and then the next minute they're gone, and then they're past. Doctors and nurses this past year and a half have went through a lot, and for them for them the business owners to tell them yo we need to get the vaccine or you're out of here that's cold-hearted that's real cold-hearted and cold-blooded i just don't i don't like that strategy i don't i would say hey, we uh recommend that you get the vaccine we st- when you recommend something you're still giving it that's like a strong opinion that's like a strong uh here's what i want not want but here's like what i'm telling you because, like, when you recommend something, you're telling somebody and you give it, like, your strong stamp of approval. But you're still not ordering them to do it. You're just telling them, hey, yo, da 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 When you say you're required or you're out of here, yeah, that's an order. There's no if, ands, or but about it, dog. That's just what it is. And I'm going to keep my eye on this because I want to know how many New York uh, workers have literally left their jobs now because of this type of thing. And even in New York, you can't get, you can't go into certain clubs, you can't go into bars, you can't go and uh, enjoy concerts and all this type of stuff without having a vaccine card. And again, certain people can fake vaccine cards because, hey, you got a lot of people in New York City. And New York City is a place of hustlers. And you mean to tell me somebody can't make a fake vaccine card? Again, you got a lot of people in New York. Somebody's going to make a fake vaccine card. And in New York, you have to have at least one or both of your vaccine shots to even literally enter a restaurant, enter a club, enter a, just enter any type of destination where you want in New York City. Because New York City is trying to be back on top as being number one and have the rest of the United States look at them and they want to be uh, superior than every other state. That's exactly what New York is. This is just another power trip move, another play on power but hey that's just my opinion i'm not trying to say anything uh derogatory towards new york city it's just my opinion of how i feel that they want to feel superior to everybody else because they want like they they're recommend not recommend they're telling their uh employees this and again i'm not cool with the idea of that but i will keep my eye closely uh, tuned to this to see how many workers are going to be uh, jumping out the window with this one. Not really jumping out the window, but like saying, nah, you guys take this job and uh, shove it. But again, I'll be uh, waiting to see it. And that's the end of that topic for me right there. And on to the next topic. And this next topic comes from ABC News and the title reads, Body Cam Video Shows Moments Before Chicago Police 
officer attempted to tackle black woman. Newly released body cam police footage shows the moments before a white police officer attempted to tackle a black woman walking her dog in a closed park, allegedly unprovoked. Nikita Brown said that on August 28th, the officer drove up to her as she was walking her dog in the Lincoln Park neighborhood of Chicago and told her to leave the area immediately. She said that she was walking out of the park, adhering to, her, adhering to his instructions when the incident occurred. The video shows that the officer identified himself and showed his badge at Brown's request. It also shows that Brown reportedly asked the massless officer to remain within six feet of her, citing concerns over potential exposure to COVID-19. Please don't. Please respect my space. It's COVID. Six feet, Brown said. Respect your space. I'm about to punch you in handcuffs, the officer replied. Brown says she constantly told him, I am leaving and I'm walking away as she actively walked toward the exit, but he got out of his car and continued to follow her. The officer got out of his car and told her, you can go to jail, according to a video taken by Brown who recorded part of the encounter. Brown's attorney identified the officer as Bruce Diker through his badge. A Chicago Police Department spokesperson told ABC News earlier this month, the officer in question has been placed on desk duty as the COPA investigates the video. At one point during the argument with Brown, while she had her phone out to record, Diker ran toward her and attempted to tackle her. The physical uh, struggle between the two lasted for more than a minute, and Diker repeatedly threatened to arrest Brown. In the end, no arrests were made. Brown told Good Morning America earlier this month that she believes that she was targeted because she's black, and she hopes that her speaking out will stop others from being targeted. It won't. I walked past four kids that were behind me, white males. As soon as I saw the car pull up and I looked behind me to see if he said anything to the kids, he didn't, Brown said. The body cam video was released last Thursday by the Civil Office of Police Accountability, COPA. The group investigated the incident. A COPA spokesperson told ABC News that the investigation is ongoing and once it concludes, COPA will send recommendations to the Chicago Police Superintendent, David Brown, to review. Ultimately, we want to fired. Given this incident and his horribly disciplinary record, Brown's attorney, Keenan Salters, told ABC News. Diker had 24 alleged, well, 24 allegations of misconduct filed against him, three of which resulted in discipline. So why is he still uh, here? This man should be suspended. I mean, you are... Okay, again, I talked about this. I I believe I talked about this last week, or if not last week, the week before, about how police officers are going to say something whenever they feel that they have to stick up for their own. And in this, they still did. They said they put him on desk duty. What is he even doing being there? You guys had the video of him just bothering her for no reason, for no good reason, right? And he's on desk duty. What is this? What are we doing here? You have the video. We have everything that you need to look at. What are we investigating? Like, literally, what are we investigating? You have the video. I believe whenever... Okay, let's switch this up. If somebody goes into a store, puts something into their pocket, and try to walk away, they get grabbed and nabbed up on... They get grabbed and nabbed up, right? You wait till police officers get there. They show the video to the officer. Do you let the officer say, well, we're investigating this? No, the officer can say, well, this man or this woman is guilty. We're going to clink, clink, put him in the back. But we don't do that whenever it's officers involved because, again, we have this whole shield mentality. For officers, you have to protect the shield. You have to protect your brethren. Unless you don't like them like that, then we ain't saying nothing. This person can technically go down and we don't care. We're just going to separate ourselves from it. And I believe an episode ago or two episodes ago, I talked about a black woman being uh, accosted by some officers and an officer taking a photo with her black son. And he, they posted it up on Facebook acting like he was walking around uh, barefoot in the streets of uh, was it Baltimore, Chicago, or even Detroit. One of those three. And she ended up suing the police department, which they lost. They had to give her some money, and now she's looking to sue them now again for that post. And they still haven't came out with nothing yet. So again, what have I been saying before? 
they're letting those officers in that past incident get taken down, but they're not willing to let this officer right here get taken down. Oh, he's on desk duty. What? Do, no, you suspend him or you fire him. Because again, you as an officer, you have a job to do. Your job, quote unquote, every single time is to protect and serve. You're more than likely going to protect and serve Caucasians. But the overarching point of a police officer, technically, in modern times, because back in the day, police officers were used to, uh, I mean, way, way back in the day, police officers were used to try to gather up slaves and everything of that nature. So now police officers, their whole tagline that they've been marketing since what the early 80s and onwards that we're here to protect and serve our community. Dog, it's been proven time and time and again. You guys are here to protect the white individuals in this country. You're not here to protect the blacks. You're not here to protect the Asians. You're not here to protect the Hispanics. You're not here to protect the Middle Eastern Americans. You're not here to do that. You're here to rally against all of us as a minority and protect the white civilians. I don't understand it. I will never understand that. She says she saw four other white dudes behind her in that this officer didn't even talk to them. She went right to her. You know how? I know she's telling the truth. Because they would have tried to deny that right in that uh, social in that posting. They would have said, well, we looked at his body cam footage and he talked to the four whites. Nah, there was no mentioning of that. You want to know why? Because she's telling the truth. He went directly to her. He was picking on this black woman for no good reason. This guy should be fired. Screw all the suspension. Screw all the desk duty. No, this guy should be fired. If he had 24 already misconducts on his record and then like three disciplinary actions, yo, I didn't work on the off the baseball uh, analogy. One strike, two strike, three strikes, you're out. Three strikes, you're out, bud. And here you got three. He's out of here. What are we doing wasting time saying an investigation? Cut the crap, cut the garbage. You're trying to protect your uh, shield brother. Stop it. Just say that and I at least have some respect for you. And I at least will say, just like I did with the Murdoch thing, that's what they're supposed to do. Because that's what they've been trained to do. That's what they have always done for all eternity. They've been there to protect one another. But you don't have no integrity. You don't have none of that. You guys just want to make up false things. See, that's what happens when you make up false stories. You have to keep on keeping on with that false story. You have to keep on keeping on. And guess what? Cops, they don't keep on with a good story. They will forget certain details. And that's how they get tripped up. Because if you protect one and you don't protect the other, guess what? A person like me is going to try to figure out, okay, why did you protect one and not the other? Because every single police department works within the same exact rule book. You got a couple pages different, but overarching, that rule book is still the same. Protect each other. And for this, this just shows me that they were just here to protect him. That investigation crap is nothing but smoke and mirrors. Even though the uh, investigation people... They did expose it to the world, but that doesn't mean that that means anything. That was just like a little pony song and dance for you guys to let you know, hey, we're investigating it. We're trying to get to the bottom of it. But yeah, this is garbage. This was not, uh, this was nothing in the big grand scheme of things. This wasn't supposed to go down. This girl got harassed directly for nothing because she was black. Let's just call a spade a spade. And I don't like it. I wish the crap like this would change, but apparently it's not changing no time soon. And uh, black individuals and also minorities, because don't think just because they're getting at black people, they ain't going to try to go after a Hispanic. Don't think they ain't going to try to go after a Middle Eastern. Don't think they ain't going to try to go after an Asian American or even an Asian or North Korean or uh, Vietnamese or whatever. Don't think they ain't coming after you guys whenever they feel bored to do that, too. Black people, we're always just a common picking point for them. But whenever they want to get real frisky, they're going to go after you guys next. I guarantee you they are. And they're going to see if they can get away with it. And if they can't, guess what? Expect to see a lot of that more. Expect it. But if they can't, they're going to do it once in a while to try to be like, eh, that, that wasn't a thing. Because there's no record behind it. And even though there's a whole lot of record behind black people getting messed with by police officers, it's not that difficult to see. It seems like a common thing. A police officer messing around with a black person, we're like, eh, that's just another day at the office. But a black person, not a black person, but a police officer messing around with 
a white person or a Middle Eastern for something like this? Oh, that is something that we want to see because that is different. That never gets covered on the news like that. But again, I want to end this topic without me trying to get really, really angry because it's boiling and I can feel it. And I don't want to curse. I really am trying my best. Um, This guy should be fired. The investigation has went on long enough. You got... you sh you threw the video out to the public, the public can see it, so dad, guess what, yo, get this man out of here, get him fired, cut, cut the garbage, and I hope she sues this police, uh, I hope she sues this police office, I really do, and win some money out of this, because, again, police officers should know better, they are working in a high, strong job, and for you to be messing around with somebody, I don't respect it, especially since you are wanting that respect that a police officer wants to have for working in such a dangerous job, well, then guess what, if you want that respect, you've got to give off that respect as well. In doing this, you ain't giving off respect. You're giving off dickhead vibes. So I want this man fired, and I want her to really go after this police uh, office and sue them for money. The next topic I want to talk about is coming from USA Today, and it's talking about the actress Elvira, um, who's played by Cassandra Peterson. Um, she accuses Will Chamberlain of sexual assault in her new book that she has. It's a memoir, and it's titled Yours Cruelly, Elvira, Memoirs of the Mistress of Dark. The Mistress of Dark actress revealed that while attending a party at NBA legend Will Chamberlain's house in the 1970s, he invited her to check out his custom-made closet. Peterson alleges that the invitation turned into a traumatizing experience and that Chamberlain forced her to give him oral sex. She quotes, Why didn't I try to scream, fight back, or get away? When a 7-foot-1, 300-pound man has his hand wrapped around your neck, there's really not a lot you can do, she writes. Peterson adds that the power imbalance between herself and Chamberlain kept her from sharing what happened at the time. Should have reported him to the police, she writes. Are you kidding? What chance do you think a former showgirl slash out-of-work actress will have against a sports superstar? When Chamberlain later claimed in his 1991 memoir, A View From Above, that he slept with 220,000 women, Peterson writes, she had to wonder how many of those women actually consented to having sex with him. Peterson told people in an interview published Thursday she never told anybody about this story aside from her ex-husband, Mark Peterson, before writing it about it in her book. Okay, here's the deal with this, and I don't mean to be heinous, I don't mean to be nasty, boy, God, please don't uh, try to, you know what, I'm trying to preference this so hard. Because, again, I, I'm looking at it from both... I'm trying to look at it from both sides. I'm trying. And you hear what I'm saying? I'm trying because usually I'm level-headed. I'm really logical with it. So just hear me out before we try to say, Oh my God, he demonized Will Chamberlain! Yo, let's just stop for a minute. Let's stop and let's, let's just stop. Okay? There's a reason why there's a thing called groupies. There's a reason why there's a thing called sports wives and sports side chicks. There's a reason why you hear a whole lot of athletes saying that they have girlfriends in different area codes. You have a reason why people are calling women from time to time sports dropping pit stops, if you get my drift here. Will Chamberlain, back in that time, apparently was the man. I mean, the man-man. He's a legend in the NBA. That's the only thing I do know. I know a couple of legends. I don't know their uh, legendary status, but that's always one whenever Will Chamberlain's name gets mentioned that he slept with 20,000 women. And me as a man, I'm thinking, wow, that is an astonishing number. 20,000. But I mean, back in that time, he probably messed around with a lot at one time, like literally one night. And I mean, that probably chalks it up to, up to the 20. But getting to the point here, I don't know what to say about this one. I don't, because in our society right now, we are of the stance of believe women, all women, at this exact moment. Will Chamberlain has been dead for some time now. And I mean, he's been dead, dead for some time now. And she's coming out with this memoir now after he wrote in 1991 about sleeping with 20,000 women. It has been literally 30 years since that book came out. And she's coming out with a book of her own now. I mean, Elvira has the legend, not even the legendary stats, but whenever October comes around, you see women dressing up as Elvira, and you get the drift, like, okay, cool, it's Halloween time. 
And our book's supposed to be coming out towards the end of October, I believe. Hold up. As I'm doing this right now. Da, 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 da. When's her book? It does not say when her book is coming out. But since she's on this campaign, and not campaign, but it's on this like marketing trail, it usually means that it's coming around sooner than later. And I mean like extremely soon. When people are usually like making their uh pit stops on a lot of uh social media or even media uh platforms, it means that they are trying to promote whatever they're trying to push because it's coming out soon. That's just a little keynote for anybody that doesn't understand it. So this book is coming out soon. It's been 30 years since Wilt Chamberlain came out with his book. And I don't, I see uh, my brain works in overload because I want to believe women. I do. And you hear what I said, want. But then there's always a little skeptic in my head like, maybe not. There's certain things we all pick and choose in this lifetime that we either question and challenge or we go with the flow. Certain times we go with the flow because guess what? We know what it is. Like the R. Kelly thing. He got found guilty for a lot of things this week. And again, I'm never covered R. Kelly thing. I always say whenever it came out, what, a couple weeks ago that he was facing trial. And I said, personally on my podcast, right on here, I said, I'm not covering that. I'm not going to talk about it because we all know what it is with R. Kelly. We know he's guilty. I think I even said that he he was a nasty man and it got found out. Whoop, whoop. It wasn't a dirty secret to anybody. This man was a dirty, nasty guy and people in the music industry still rocked and did music with him. Hey, they got to wear that on their head. They can't walk around. I'm never going to allow them to say something about R. Kelly. Well, he's a nasty guy. I'm going to just look at him and say, well, you did a song with him after the incident. So what does that make you? for still being with them after that being so public. That's why I said I can't take a whole lot of these people being so serious. I can't as celebrities because they got to protect their brand. So that's just, again, there are just levels to this that you have to look at it. And this being 30 years since Will Chamberlain's book, and Will Chamberlain has been dead for some time now. Right now, I don't have how long he's been dead. As a matter of fact, I should look it up, and I'm about to look it up now to see how long well, Chamberlain has been dead. Hold on one second. This thing shouldn't take me long. But he's been dead for, I mean, Jesus. It seemed like forever he's been dead. Because I've heard the name Will Chamberlain for a long time. A long, long time. He died in 1999. Three years after I was born. So do the math. Three years off of my timeline. And I'm 25. So he's been dead for 22 years now. You mean to tell me. Again. Kobe Bryant's story broke out, right? And he was accused of messing and allegedly raping a girl in a hotel room in the early 2000s, right? You mean to tell me that you couldn't have come out then and said something about Wilt Chamberlain and this would have been a whole thing about how sports athletes were doing stuff wrong to women? It would have been a whole crusade. But you waited 30 years to make... No, 30 years after his book to do this. And it happened in the 1970s, so you waited straight up 50 years to do this. So I have some type of eh, questionable things with that because, again, I don't know. I, I can't rock with it like that. I mean, I'm supposed to believe everything a woman says if she says she got raped or uh, she got abused. We're all as human beings because, again, our emotions lead us directly one way. But then when we find out who the accuser and who the accusee is, that's whenever our logic starts coming in. Like, hold up. Did this person do it? Or this person is trying to just garner something for this or whatever they're trying to shop around or whatever the case may be. I don't know much about Elvira. And I don't know much about Wilt, except for he's a legend in the NBA. He's got some odd championships. He's got the... Uh, accolade of sleeping with 20,000 women in his book and in his words, which probably didn't happen, but who knows? Wild times back in the day, way back from, if anybody will tell you, wild times back in those times. So I don't know what to say about this one. I don't. This is weird to me to even try to give my opinion. My opinion is I would like for this to have been buried away and stay secret. I'm just going to be blunt with you. I am. 
He's been dead for 22 years. What what good is it going to come out now? He's been dead for this long. What what else is there to say? Michael, okay. And people going to say, well, Joe, it's good to have this out. Listen, Michael Jackson got uh, charged while he was still living, right? Kobe Bryant got charged when he was still living. There's other, right now we got a case of Deshaun Watson, how he got so many uh, cases of sexual harassment off going on him, but I haven't heard not a one peep on the social media websites, any type of ABC News, CBS, or any of those news talking or even covering the Deshaun Watson uh, cases of his masseuses. I mean, there's so many times where sports athletes had these situations, but you know, the thing with Michael Jackson, you know, the thing with Kobe Bryant, you know, the thing with Deshaun Watson, they were all living and their subjects all came out to say something. Will Chamberlain is dead. And he's been dead for 22 years. I hate to be this type of guy, but sometimes you got to just lay that one go. You took a, and I don't mean to say you took an L with it. By God, please don't take what I'm saying as a wrong thing like that. But you waited too long to say something. And now you want people to try to look at Will Chamberlain's career way differently and be like, maybe he did sleep. Maybe he did rape some 20 more women than he thought. Maybe those... Conquers weren't really conquers. They were him forcing his power onto her. Dog, I'm not going to try to force myself and my ideas and my thing into that. I'm not doing that. So, you just, she should have let this one just be buried. And I mean, use the old Ricky Bobby uh, analogy for this. You keep that buried. And I mean, buried deep down inside. And don't ever bring it up. That's just what it is. I hate it. I hate to say something like that because if it was my sister, it would be a completely situation, but I would have to ask her as her brother, why didn't you say something? Why didn't you say something to me? Da 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 da, da. We could have went here. We could have went there. But now this person is dead. What can we do about it? What can we do? Only thing that's going to happen is people are going to really question your story. And I know we're still in the Me Too situation, but by God, certain times people are really going to question what was the meaning for you to say this? Was it for you to sell more books? Was it not? What was the case for it? Was this something just salacious that you wanted to put into a book that you know will catch a lot of people's attention to make you buy that book? I don't know. So, again, I can't really get at Will Chamberlain on this. I'm not going to say cancel Will Chamberlain. Don't. I'm not doing none of that. You're not going to catch me with that. I don't rock with NBA like that, like that. But you're not going to hear me say, hey, yo, we got to cancel Will Chamberlain. That man's dead, dog. There's no more we can do about it. He's been dead for 22 years. I hate to say this, but she should have kept this one buried deep down inside. Everybody has choices, and she decided to pick the wrong choice, in my personal opinion, to uh, try to do this to a dead man's career. That's just uh, me and my own personal preference and my own idea. But that's me getting off that topic right there. And on to another topic, and see, this woman picked the right time to do it. Trump's former press secretary said the president asked her boyfriend if she's good in bed in her book that she wrote. Trump's once asked Stephanie Gresham's boyfriend if she was good in bed per her upcoming book. Gresham was Trump's press secretary and communications director from July 2019 and April 2020. Former Donald, former President Donald Trump once asked former White House press secretary Stephanie Gresham's then-boyfriend whether she was good in bed, according to her forthcoming book, I'll Take Your Questions Now, which was obtained by the Washington Post. Gresham's significant other at the time was a fellow White House aide. The former White House press secretary did not identify who her ex-boyfriend was in the book, but it was apparently Max Miller, who is now running for Congress with Trump's backing. According to a July report from Politico, Miller was violent towards Gresham after she accused him of cheating. Miller's attorney denied that he ever assaulted Gresham during their relationship. The book also states that Trump once asked, once called Gresham while he was on Air Force One to ask her to confirm that his penis was not was not small or toadstool shape. Uh, yes, sir, Gresham said in response. Stormy Daniels, the adult film star at the center of a scandal involved Involving an alleged affair with Trump and hush money payments, once wrote that the president's had an unusual penis and had a huge mushroom head similar to a toadstool. That is still weird for me to even read that. And I gotta say, as a heterosexual man, pause. Trump's alleged affair with Daniels enraged former First Lady Melania Trump, 
Gresham wrote despite public claims to the contrary. After the Stormy Daniels story broke and all the allegations that followed her followed from other women, Gresham wrote per the New York Times, which was obtained the book, I felt that Miss Trump was basically unleashed. Spokesperson for the former president and first lady blasted Gresham over the upcoming book, which is said to be released on October 5th. This book is another pitfall attempt to cash in on the president's strength and sell lies about the Trump family. Trump spokesperson Liz Harrington said in a statement to the Post regarding to Gresham as a disgruntled former employee. See, this woman came out at the right time. He's out of presidency. He's still out here walking around, living and breathing to say something and write a book about it. See, this is what Elvira should have did, but hey, teach his own. But again to this, yo, Trump has always been a wild boy. This man is a wild, this man is a legit menace. You gonna call up a press secretary to confirm that your, your manhood doesn't shape like a toadstool? Dude, no, 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 no. Who advised him on that? Who was literally advising him? Because if you call him some of the Air Force One, I would think it should have been him and a couple more of the people on that plane. And nobody walked up to him and said, uh, Mr. President, yeah, you probably want to cut that out. Nobody, huh? Everybody just cool with just seeing their uh, guy just make a complete behind out of himself. Because you got to know somebody's going to be writing a book about this. Let's be honest. If Obama... If a book about Obama were to come out saying that he was, like, assaulting or even trying to play grab grab hands or grab a woman's possession, you mean to tell me that a book wouldn't be coming out? You mean to tell me something? There hasn't been a book coming out about Obama yet, and Obama came out, was president before Trump. He did two terms. That was eight years. Trump only did what? What, he got elected? In, yeah, he did one term. Four years. Come on, dog. Obama doesn't even have a book out. Nobody has come out saying that he was handsy or nothing. Trump, yo, tell me my penis didn't wasn't a tool stowed, a toadstool. Dude, dude, Jesus, that would have me even fumbling saying the name. Because it's so ludicrous, but it's so Trump when you think about it. His whole presidency was ridiculous. Yes, he came out and was wild on the mic on press conferences. And he was wild out there. But in reality, yo, you got to look at it. This We were always dealing with a madman on our hands. Let's be honest. So her writing this in her book, this doesn't shock me at all. If I'm going to be truly, truly honest, this doesn't shock me at all. Let's just call it spade a spade. He slept with a adult film star. He gave her some hush money. She came out, say what his tool looked like. And for him... He should have just embraced it. Yeah, my tools are toe shape. Da 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 da. Roll with the punches, dog. You could roll with it. But he decided to call up his press secretary, former press secretary, but press secretary at the time to make a make and say that his tool wasn't like that. That's still just weird. But she did the right thing by coming out with the book now because she would have did it four years ago. Or even, what, she was there for 2019, we're in 2021, to last year? Yeah, there was still no way that she could have did that. Let's be honest. She did the right time. She waited the right amount of time till a new president comes in. Some time has been down. Some uh, downtime has been burned down. And she decided to now come out with a book. Yeah, right timing. She wrote all the incidents down. She wrote about the book. Yeah, this is the right timing. So this one, compared to my last time I was talking about with the Elvira thing, you can tell the difference. Trump is still living. And this is still relevant. While virus thing, Will Chamberlain's dead. This is no longer relevant. And this is just going to try to make people that are in the sports community or even in any other type of community pick up this book and try to sell it off the shelves. A, again, money is money to certain people. To me, I like to at least say whenever I earn my money, I've earned it instead of trying to do some salacious and nasty and foul. That's why I feel that that one well virus thing was. He's dead. He's been dead for 22 years, dog. You just got to let sleeping dogs lie on that one. But, hey, people got to do what they got to do in their own personal right because people got choices on that one. But this one right here, Miss Stephanie Gresham, she did the right choice. I mean, come on. I don't... I, I want dudes to stop it. Seriously, I'm a man. 
Okay, I'm a dude. I'm a heterosexual man. I am a straight man. I'm a black man. I mean, there's a whole lot of labels that I could go on to myself and say, say, and da 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 da. But dog, let's be honest, dudes. We can't be out here asking women what our penis look like to say, "Hey yo, you gotta retract that," or "Hey yo, you need to say something about my penis or confirm that my penis doesn't look like this." Yo, that's just wild. You can't have a woman confirm anything. If they, if you know that sounds wild, I want you to hear back what Trump said. Have her confirm that his penis isn't... See, I'm sorry. I'm trying, and I really am trying. I want to get off this topic so bad, because I only got one more topic after this anyway. But, oh my God, this is just weird. We all know Trump's a wild boy. Wild. But for him to do this with this one, yo, he set a terrible president for himself. Yeah, I mean, Melania Trump, yeah, she was going to get pissed off anyway because Trump is sleeping around with other people. But if we're going to be honest, again, you mean to tell me that she didn't, she couldn't have smashed somebody else while he was out there doing something else? Let's just be honest. Trump got caught out in his, and I'm not sure if Melania didn't have some other, some of her uh, boy toys on her own, of her own on the side. Let's keep a spade a spade. Did Melania Trump have some boy toys on the side? Maybe. But we will never know because, guys, we are always the last to know if a woman gets cheat. And the only time we will only know is whenever they're sloppy with it. Dudes, we're constantly, when, at least in my eyes, whenever I hear about a dude get caught cheating, it's always usually the exact same ways. Either the phone rings and they got their girl under a different name like, uh, TV company or a cable company or even like food or women will always find some type of protection wrapper on them or something of those stupid nature. Dudes, we will never find out our girl is doing it unless somehow we got to really like detective work it and see like, okay, she didn't come home until 10 o'clock today, but she usually gets off at five. Okay, so what is she doing all this time? And if she tells you that she was out with her girlfriends, as a dude, we're not going to try to call their girlfriends because, eh, we might not like them like that. So we just like, eh, whatever. And then we try to piece it ourselves. Okay, let's go to our social media. Let's try to see about that. Girls are real, real, real good on flashing what they want to flash on social media. Guys, again, we are sloppy. We got to pick up on our game on this. We got to pick up on our game. But I'm sorry. It's just Melania Trump probably did have some uh, outside business that she took care of. But Trump's business was out there in the streets. Let's be honest. He was a mess. His thing was uh, not the best kept secret in the world. But Melania Trump's, hers is the best kept secret in the world right now. Because at this moment, you don't know what happened or who she slept with or whatever the case may be. But that's all my opinions on that topic. And I'm about to get on to my last remaining topic right now. And that topic would be the USPS Mail service is starting to go slow, ladies and gentlemen. It was announced that on October 1st, basically two days ago, that the mail offices of the United States Postal Service will be delivering their mail a lot much more slower. Well, we'll have a slower delivery. Uh, this is coming from CBS.com. Mail delivery for many Americans will start slowing down on February, part of Postmaster General Lois DeJoy's blueprint for overhauling the U.S., Postal Service in order to slash cost, but critics say the slower delivery standards will cause problems such as late bill delivery while more broadly undermining the, pay the public's faith in the USPS. Almost four out of ten pieces of first mail, first class mail will see slower delivery, according to Paul Strider, senior fellow at the Lexington Institute and an expert on the Postal Service. That means mail delivery will be slower then in the 1970s, he said, calling DeJoy's plan disastrous. Starting on October 1st, two days ago, the Postal Service's current three-day delivery standard for first-class mail, letters, bills, tax documents, and the like will drop to delivery anywhere within the U.S. within five days. In other words, Americans should now expect that letters and other mail could take up to five days to reach their destination and vice versa. The USPS will continue to have a two-day delivery standard for single-piece first-class mail traveling within a local area. A USPS spokeswoman said, adding that the Postal Service has improved its delivery standards in 2021. 
The Postal Service has shown steady improvements for all first-class mail, marketing, and periodical mail categories over the last seven months. She said in an email to CBS Money Watch, we have worked tirelessly to overcome challenges from recent storms and continue to recruit thousands of employees for the upcoming holiday peak season. See, I don't I don't agree with that. I don't because let me give you guys personal uh experiences right now. I can give you one of last year, all right? Thanksgiving weekend. Well, Thanksgiving week, Black Friday, I was able to buy a laptop that I have now HP. You could fold it inside out in touchscreen keyboard whatever. My mom asked me about, okay, does Walmart have that for have that again? And I said, well, I'll look. Didn't have it, so we went to Best Buy. Best Buy had it. Okay, we ordered off Best Buy, and it went through USPS, and it was supposed to come to us in within, what, four days, four or five days. So my mother wanted to get this for my brother's birthday. And, okay, got it, but we didn't get the package on his birthday. We didn't get it the day before his birthday. None of that occurred. So I had to call up United States Postal Service, waited for a, a good amount of time. Service person gets on. She tells me, okay, it's supposed to be at this location. Call that location. That location wouldn't answer their phone. Then called that one back because she gave me her person, uh, personal number. And she said, okay, that's weird. So she tried to call them back. And she even said, huh, that's weird that they're not answering. Long story short, USPS screwed me out of a laptop. So we had to call back Best Buy. And, well, we had to pick it up from that actual Best Buy location. So let me just state this right now. USPS is a slow delivery in certain areas. That was the last time that I had something delivered from United States Postal Service to my regulation. If not, that's the most uh, important one that's coming out to my head right now. But again, for them to be deciding that they're going to be slow, especially with holiday season coming around, yo, we about to see a whole lot of people on social media getting mad wild with <laughs> with the United States Postal Service. I'm laughing about it now because I can just envision all the tweets and all the social media posting saying, by God, United States Postal Service is taking forever to get there with my uh, with my gift. Where's my gift at United States Postal Service? I I want everybody just to be on the lookout this holiday season. Don't be surprised when ABC and CBS and all these big companies have on their headlines, mail is running slow for holiday season. Something of that variety for this holiday season. I guarantee you, especially with United States Postal Service saying that they're going to slow down uh, some of their, like, some of their uh, arriving on their uh, gifts for people. I mean... This is just, this is weird. You would think that they want to make it faster, hire more employees, and da-da-da-da-da, whatever they got to do to make people get their gifts faster or get their bills delivered on time or whatever the case may be, whatever. And also, for people that pay their bills by sending it through the mail, you guys are really, really doing it real risky because people can easily just grab your mail, take that check and cash it, do whatever they want, do any type of finessing they can for that check. But hey, to each his own. I'm not gonna kill them for kill people for paying their bills through the mail. I can't do it. I will never do it. Even whenever I get to an old person age, and there's a new way of doing it, I'm gonna tell my grandkids or whoever is at that point to you know pay this off, whatever. But never send it through the mail. By God, that just seems weird to me. But to each his own. But again, for United States Postal Service to uh say that they're going to slow down mail, but they're still going to have a uh, two-day delivery for one piece of first-class mail within a local area. I mean, that's cool. Whatever, you go and keep that together, but I mean, dog. I mean, hold up. We're going to stop that right there. The USPS will continue to have a two-day delivery standard for a single piece of mail within a traveling area of a local area? That shouldn't be even two days. That should be a day. You ship it all way two days because they put it into the mail. You don't know if the person comes in to get it, whatever, the time restraints, whatever. That should be like a day whenever the person gets it, they drive off, they deliver it off, bang, within a certain local area. That seems like a day type of thing. But who am I? I never worked in the mail office, and uh, I could be dead wrong on that. But just to hear the United States Postal Services are going to be uh, slowing down, especially with holiday season coming around, 
I can't wait for people to start crapping all over USPS. I can't wait to see it. I mean, that's bad for me to say it like that, but again, the title of this episode was Choices, and this was USPS's choices to uh decide they're going to make it slower for people, especially with holiday season rolling around. So with that choice, I'm going to definitely laugh. I hope they change that before this holiday season comes around. I hope whatever they got to do to make people get their gifts faster and without people breaking them, that'll be greatly appreciated. And I mean extremely appreciated. But we shall see when that time rolls around. But for my final opinion on this, uh, they're they're messing around. They're doing damaging. Uh, they're doing damaging business right now. USPS shouldn't be doing this. I hope they do uh, change it up, and I hope they just make it faster, or if not too fast, at least a day faster than the current program of what they are doing right now. But uh, that has been all my topics for this week's episode of My Two Cents Podcast, which the title was called Choices. And before I let you guys get out of here, let me give you my social media links. You guys can find me on Twitter at My Two Podcast, on Instagram, My Two Cents Podcast G2. And if you want to email me about anything, if you want me to be a soundboard for you, because if you think nobody's here listening to you and you feel like you want to end it all, please don't do that. Because by God, we are all in this world. We are all dealing with something. We are all uh, trying to just figure out what this thing called life is, our meaning, our purpose. Why are we here? Um, Don't do not. And I mean, do not try to end your life. Do not try to transition over voluntarily. You got to let nature take its course in the way that we're supposed to go out. But don't try to take yourself out voluntarily. Do not uh, think that nobody cares for you. I care for you. I do. You are listening to me saying this to you verbatim. I do care for you. Please email me. And my email is my two cents pod at yahoo.com. And I'll spell it out for you. M-Y, the actual number two. Don't put T-W-O, put the actual number two, C-E-N-T-S-P-O-D at yahoo.com. And you will be able to email me right there because, again, we are all going through this thing called life. We are all trying to figure out why are we here. We do not need people to be transitioning out of this thing uh, voluntarily. So please email me if you just need a soundboard. If you need a wall to just yell at and all this type of stuff, hey, you can email me on that. And I am just here to either give you a response or to have a little conversation, a little chit-chat with you on that. Or I can just be a sounding board for you to just vent out. But um, that has been all my social media links. I do love you guys. And again, I'm going to let this play out for you right now so you can hear it. I love you, I love you. I hope you do understand that I do love you as you just heard from that. I do love you. I care for you. I want you guys to have a great blessed Sunday and a great blessed rest of your week. And let's uh, try to get through this and let's try to have a great uh, Sunday and a great rest of this week. Let's try to do something good for somebody else if we can. And if we can't, let's just try to make sure to not be douchebags and let's just try to be the best versions of ourselves as we go on this uh, week in journey. With that, this has been my Two Cents Podcast presented by G2. I have been him. This isn't goodbye. This is until you hear this sweet sounding voice again. And Kanye, can you please play these people out? I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Well.